Welcome to Dancing on Water, a podcast bringing you stories of faith and how they interact with church and missions. Here we go. Welcome to Dancing on Water. My name is Josh Rice, and this is a podcast sponsored by Heart for Mexico. We are a missionary organization operating here in Mexico with our four main heartbeats, uh, which are church planting, our Nana's House Orphanage, we have our Heart for Mexico School of Missions, and we work with short-term mission teams from around the world. Uh, we continue on to, with our ministry. We continue uh, doing the best we can in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic. And today I had the chance to sit down again with uh, Pastor Josiah Hansen, and we talked through kind of how things are going. And uh, uh, I really appreciate uh, the insight that uh, he brings uh, as far as uh, you know what God has for us in this time. We continue to ask, you know, God, what are you showing us? What do you have for our ministry? And uh, it's it's a really inspiring conversation. I I, I hope and pray that it blesses uh, pastors all over and uh, anyone that um, has a chance to listen. And so uh, this is uh, a, just a really good conversation, uh, kind of about our focus in this time. And uh, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Hope it hope it helps you. Hope it encourages you. Uh, again, this is Pastor Josiah Hansen. Enjoy. What is up, Jesse? Awesome to be hanging out again. Uh, how are things? Good, good. Uh, I guess, I mean, for what it's worth, right? I yeah. mean, we're still in the global pandemic. I think we just figured out we're eight eight Sundays into this, right? Yeah, two months. Yeah. Two months into this. I remember when we first started, um, someone, someone talked about two months, and... I remember like the look on our faces like no way this is going to be there's no way we will we, we'll survive two months right you know without having weekly presence present what is it what's the word weekly live weekly services. live services yeah. um just having to do everything online but here we are eight weeks later and uh still no <laughs> no end in sight right and uh still going strong i remember we were hoping for I remember the first announcement we had to the church is we were hoping for two weeks. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of our hope. And then it's just now, yeah, there's really no, we, we're not sure when it's going to come back. But uh, now that our church is two months into this, like, how do you feel, how do you feel our church is doing? Uh, I guess I, I'd be the most proud of, like, the staff and uh, both in our uh, orphanage, Gasanana, and in the church, just seeing a lot of flexibility, a lot of... Um, kind of agility. They're moving quick. Uh, we're learning quick. Um, I mean, I would say maybe we were naive at the beginning thinking yeah. it's two weeks, but that was the information that was given. Right. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a talk about two weeks and then it was, you know, another two weeks and then another two weeks. And now we're talking about the end of the month. Maybe things will open. I don't think we'll be able to open the church yet, but, um, you know, you start seeing a little bit of glimmer of hope both in the U S and other parts of the world that, you know, could be our future in the next few months. But just trying to learn and just seeing our staff, our pastors, just learning real quick. Most of them didn't, had no idea on how to do church online. You know, a lot of our people, the people of, of our church, had to, like, open Facebook accounts right, and yeah. things like that, which is also 
just encouraging and that they would do that to be connected with the church is 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 really and it's it's you know you talk about the staff and pastors but also the people of the church it's it's been amazing to see uh them respond um i think one of the things we were talking about earlier that we're most proud of is that we have not had to turn down anyone who's asked for help yet as, as a ministry and mm-hmm. and so there are people asking for assistance and there's people giving assistance so there's people bringing stuff by the church or you know they'll call us and have us go pick up you know different food items and we'll bring it here we've got a pretty good food bank going and and so far everyone who's needed uh any kind of assistance as far as um extra food or we've been able to take them Mm -hmm. food so yeah i think it's pretty cool yeah it's been i mean we've been able to be that channel yeah which is i think the most church-like thing right that we can do is right now just be a a place where people can bring help and then we can take help also yeah Yeah. so that's been that's been super encouraging i mean of course we we really want to go back to having live services again and being able to see everybody and um hopefully hug everybody right yeah sooner or later (laughs) who who knows when that's going to happen but um but yeah, so far, super proud of our church, proud of the staff, proud of the orphanage, proud of our school. Yep. Uh, I've kept going online. I mean, it's going to be a weird graduation this year, but still just trying to figure it all out. And it's also kind of tough to complain because we're all in it together. Like the whole yep. world is right. in the same situation. So, you know, um, it's just, yeah, just kind of going forward. Uh, yeah, really learning how to do church and all this. And even in this, though, we've we've really started to see um, almost like now that we're two months into it, I think with different people, there's there's almost like a, I don't know, restlessness that you could sense. Um, I know there is with us because we were just we want to get on to the next. We want it to be over. We want to move forward. But I think there's still and it almost like it keeps mounting like this, this, I don't know, anxiety might be the word, but just this restlessness. How have you felt that or seen that in our? Yeah, I mean, you see it all over the world. You see the the protests starting. You see news getting, um, you know, whatever your political view is. You see, you see both sides of the spectrum now getting restless towards wanting to come back and wanting to go back to some type of, yeah, reopening. I guess normal is no longer existent. Right. Yeah. Uh, now we're going into like a new normal, and what does that mean? And how long before we can? you know, experiment at least the freedom we had before um, or some type of version of that. And uh, so, yeah, you can see it not only in the U.S., you see stuff going on in in Germany, you see stuff going on in Australia. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Mexico has not started with that yet, but we're still under the, the period they said that we would be, you know, under quarantine. So we'll see what goes on after this. Um, because it'll it'll probably be longer and people are, you know, probably expecting that by the 30th of May, it's all going to reopen and most likely that won't happen. Just seeing the other patterns. Right. So, but yeah, you can, you can sense the restlessness like, Hey, this has been real long. And that restlessness is just, it's scary because you start, um, just evaluate, you, you start giving different, values to different things okay um so you start you know like you you see people that are vulnerable are older and uh you start talking about how that's probably not worth this and that's not worth that and that conversation's a scary conversation i don't 
I don't envy any leaders that have to make a decision right now when it comes to those things. So, um, yeah, it's that restlessness can can turn into something pretty scary. And there is, it, at the same time, there is. It's almost like this raw um, seeking God, this rawness that, of like this new place of fresh rawness where we're just, you know, seeking His direction, His guidance, uh, His word, truly, and and. Even though this, there's so much negative surrounding this, there is definitely a side of this where um, I feel like God is revealing Himself, uh, and you know, through some of the messages that that we've had here at church, and um, I, I want to talk about one of the messages that you recently shared to our youth group, and I, I think that it is, it's a time where there's so much distraction, so much uncertainty, restlessness, like you said. Um, that it can almost get to desperation where mm -hmm. we truly need to keep hearing from God. We truly need um, what, you know, to, to keep hearing what he has for us in this time and how that's going to bring us uh, into what's coming next. And, and so, um, yeah, I'd like to ask you to share a little bit about uh, what you were talking with the youth group about, and I know you're going to share it other places too. But um, yeah. Well, I, I guess the whole thing starts from, you know, you, you start off on this, with this whole quarantine thing, I think the number one prayer I heard churches making was, Lord, give us wisdom and faith. Okay. Wisdom and faith going forward. I think that's exactly what we need. You know, we need the wisdom to not be naive, to make decisions that are, you know, the best decisions, either politically speaking or just leadership speaking, whatever it is, you know, just the, the wise decision in these cases, right? So, so we want wisdom moving forward, what's the best for everyone or what's the best outcome? But at the same time, we have the God factor. We have we believe in miracles. We believe that God is at work in, in, in all of this, right? So the church can come out, you know, a lot stronger. We can see people coming out of this a lot healthier. Um, we can see countries getting better after, <clears throat> after something like this. And it's just... Um, so you want to kind of keep that balance, not, not balance, but you want to keep those two sides working together. When I first started this, um, and I think they're both essential. So this whole thing started, and I, I read a book on pandemics and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, I realized this book is, you know, it was a really good book. It's called The Deadliest Enemy. And it's all about pandemics. It was written way before all of this, so didn't really include anything on the coronavirus. But it was... It's a book that really brings, I don't know, I, I found myself pretty anxious reading this book because it was all wisdom, no faith. Okay, yeah. So so it was all like the facts, right. the numbers, Science. this is the yeah. reality. And at the same time, you know, I'm hearing from, from, from other churches, pastors, whatever, kind of the other extreme where it's all faith, no wisdom. I gotcha, yeah, yeah. So there was like this... I want both. I want to. I want to realize God's at work at the same time. I want to be wise in 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 our decisions as a church, as you know, leaders of a community. We want to make the right decisions, but the restlessness starts coming in, yeah, <laughs> and the desperation, and you start, you know, you start reaching for other things. Okay. Yeah. So whatever whatever's more convenient to you, and that's what's. That's where my conviction has been in the, in the last, you know, couple of weeks is like, I don't want to give up what God has for me. 
I don't want to give up wisdom because I'm desperate for something for to go back to normal. You yeah. know, whatever yeah. the air quotes, right? right. Normal. Uh, I want to go back to freedom. I want to go, you know, it's looking grim, looking towards the future. It's looking uncertain. It's, you know, where's money going to come from? You know, you can start getting into this head game of what if this happens and this happens. And then we're, you know, bombarded with so much bad news. Yeah. And uh, it kind of knocks the wind out of you on a daily basis, right. even multiple times a day. You know, you start hearing these these news stories and it's like, or predictions and projections. And you want to see those with wisdom and be like, okay, we're not going to come back to church in the next week. But at the same time, you want to trust that even if we don't come back in the next week, when we eventually do, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't matter if we don't come back this week. Right. I, yeah. God is still at work. Exactly. That's yeah. the point. Yeah. But we're not missing out on God just because we're missing out on being together. Exactly. Yeah. So the whole point of you know i kind of got this conviction of don't in desperation don't give up what god has for you for your church for your community and uh you know this probably doesn't apply to the politics of the world but it does apply personally and that's that's kind of how i've used it it's i don't want to give up for like this momentary pleasure what god has for me in the long run yeah and um so I was studying Esau, the story of Esau and Jacob, and um, you know the famous lentil soup right, story, yeah. right? He goes in, and um, you see Esau desperate. He's dying of hunger. And I think we could all agree, like, this is probably an exaggeration. Yeah. If he can walk in right. and demand something, he was probably not starving. And... Um, red, he, he asked for a red stew, right? Or the red... Um, yeah, the stew. Not knowing, it looks like he doesn't know what it is. Right. He smells it, he sees it, and it's red. <laughs> well, red back then, you know, as I think as you know, um, you know, people back then thought life is in the blood, which, you know, there's definitely truth in that. Um, life is in the blood. So you see something that's red, that's liquid, like blood. And I think there's like a poetic side to that. Where it's Esau walks in and sees life, yeah, um, or what looks like life. It, it's 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 this red stew, and in the original language, it's um, give me some of that red stuff. Okay, give me some of that. I I need that. I'm dying. Don't you see that I'm dying? Yeah, and it really applies at least personally. I I feel like I get all this news, all this stuff, and it's like, man, give me some of that red stuff. Right. I need some red stuff right now, and. Uh, so I was reading it, kind of studying up on it, reading different commentaries and stuff, and I saw that, the red stuff, and then the whole light thing, life thing, sorry, and how Esau's desperate for this red stuff. And then we, I, I think we all kind of know the story. He, Jacob says, well, give me your birthright. Yeah. And your birthright, you know, goes, impacts both your past and your, your future. You know, it's... This is in a time when people really honored their family legacy, you know, their multiplication as a family, um, keeping the bloodline, keeping the, the, the last name, you know, because there's few people on earth. So you want to keep that tribe going, you know. And so, to, so when he's giving up his birthright, he's affecting both, he's dishonoring everything his, you know, his grandparents and great-grandparents have done over the last, you know, 
few decades, few centuries, whatever time it was between that and Adam and Eve, um, they go through this, you know, he's dishonoring all that past, all the growth. And at the same time, we know, you know, the, the birthright, you know, firstborn rights was basically your inheritance. And you got a double portion and that helped you to keep going in the future. So it's affecting both his past, his legacy, and his inheritance. Right. Basically what he was born to be. Exactly. Yeah. So, and this isn't unique to this one time. You see it over and over again with people when in, in the Bible when God comes and gives them like this amazing plan of, for their life, you know. God appears to Moses and he says, I have this huge plan for you. I want you to bring Israel out of Egypt. And he's like, ah, he kind of, he... Um, you know, he undervalues yeah. the, who he is and what he has in him by saying, ah, but I don't know how to talk. You know, I don't know how to speak. I, I, I stutter, you know. Uh, later, we see someone like Gideon, you know. God, God comes in and says, hey, I want you, kind of the same situation. I want you to free the, the Israel. He's like, but my tribe's the worst. Yeah, I'm the a least, pathetic yeah. loser. I'm nothing. And God's like, you can feel that desperation. Or someone like Jeremiah who, um, God says, you're, you're a prophet to the nations. You're going to be my voice, all this stuff. And he's like, but I'm way too young. And you see like this undervalued, you know, where we undervalue who we are and what our calling is and our inheritance and our legacy. And um, so you kind of see like this, this desperation from God. Yeah. Kind of like, hey, uh, which is crazy because I feel like God has way more faith in humanity than humanity has in yeah, him. Definitely more faith in us than we have in ourselves. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so you see God just chasing after people, saying, I have a calling, I have something big for you. But what you see is a lot of people giving that up for that red stuff. Yeah, you know, a momentary comfort. So, yeah. so like Hebrews calls, calls Esau profane. Mm. So what would profane, godless, um, profane, I, I love the this definition of profane is is taking something that's sacred and making it common. Hmm. So, you know, if, if I was a good youth pastor, I'd talk about how, you know, sex, you know, yeah, you talk right. about sex and taking something that's sacred and making it common. Um, that's, but that's the whole point of it is Esau takes something that's sacred, something that's valued at a high, high price and gives it up for that red stuff. And then the disappointment he must have felt when he sits down and eats that red stuff and he's just like, it's lentils. Yeah. Doesn't last. Yeah. Doesn't last. It's lentils. Yeah. I mean, who likes <laughs> lentils? You yeah. know, I mean, I guess some people like them, but it's not, no one's like, that's my favorite food. Right. You know, it's yeah. like pizza and lentils. <laughs> it's like, no one goes after yeah. lentils. It's kind of, it's, it's common. Yeah. And I think that's the point. And I feel like during this time in, in, at least personally speaking, I don't want to get desperate enough or at least restless enough to where I end up giving up what God has for me during this time Yeah, for something common. Like, what'd you do during the quarantine? Well, I watched a lot of Netflix. Right, yeah. You know, it's just, there, there's nothing wrong with watching Netflix. There's nothing wrong with eating a little extra during this quarantine, but... I don't want this quarantine to be about that. To be defined by that when you look back on exactly. it. Exactly. It's like, I don't want this period of, I don't want my life, right? But especially this time, it's like, I don't want to let this this global pandemic go to waste. Yeah. 
and what 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 was it about? Was it about you know finishing whatever series on Netflix, or was it about you know hanging out, or I don't know whatever thing that's just easy to do. Yeah, and it's like I feel like God has given us this calling during this time. There's like a there's like a great calling on the church. Um, and I, I, I would say globally, but I don't want to put that pressure on anybody because I'm not God. Yeah. But I feel that on our church. There's like this, there's, there's, a, there's a weight on it. There's a calling. There's a, there's a valuable word over it. And I don't know exactly what it is because yeah. I think it's kind of like Abraham where it's like just take a step and just go in this direction and trust that, uh, you know, you, you'll find the land. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just just yeah. walk. Just keep going. Just go. And uh, I don't want to give that up. Just because, well, you know what? It's kind of like vacation. Right. You know, it's sit around, eat a lot of carbs and watch TV. It's I don't want to I don't want to treat this time, which I feel is sacred. It's like what? You know, it's not like every generation gets a chance to go through something like this. Right. Yep. And we got this chance. The worst pandemic in the last century. Right. And we get to be the church during this time. So I don't want to give up. I just you know, like the whole point, like, I don't want to buy extra food and not be able to be generous. Yeah. I don't want to go after the red stuff because my inheritance for the calling or whatever that's on this time, just give it up. Right. So I'm really trying to pinpoint what's the red stuff in my life. Yeah. What's, you know, that gives me like this momentary pleasure. Like ah, it feels good, whatever. And, you know, spend a whole afternoon watching whatever series or documentary or the last dance or whatever. Yeah. Which is fine. There's no problem in that. Right. But I don't want this time to be about that. Right. It's basically keeping your eye on the prize in a way. It's like not letting this distract from the eternal purpose that yeah. we are. Cause even in this time, I mean, it's so uncertain and there's so, there is a lot of anxiety and people do feel alone and there is this stress of like, what happens if I get sick? How bad will it be? And someone I'd love get sick. But at the same time, we are still called to something more. Yeah. So I don't know if I talked about this in the last episode, but me and my wife, from the very beginning, we decided we're going to be stupidly generous. I don't want to lose. I, 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 I can say we really felt from God. You know, if God told us or not, I don't know. But it kind of goes along with scripture, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was the devil. Yeah. <laughs> during during uh, desperate times, being just crazily. Um, generous so idiotically generous you know so um we've been stupid generous and i don't want to stop being stupid generous because i, I want to do something fun yeah <laughs> i want to look back on the on the quarantine days and be like man we really stuck to what god called us to do so there's that um and it's not just money generous it's time generous it's so we've been on you know i've talked to you about this i've been on the phone you know for hours, hours, just talking to pastors, trying to encourage them, trying to get through this time. You know, it's like, I think we've worked harder during these days yeah. than before. And um, what I, if that's irresponsible or not, I really don't care. Right. You know, it's like, I, I want to look back at this time and be like, man, that was, we really worked on the church. We worked on ourselves. We worked on, on being generous and giving and loving towards others. Now, it wasn't just about me and my needs and trying to drown my anxiety with, with food and TV and 
So, or even, just, even, I mean, I think you could take it even deeper to, uh, which goes on with what you're saying with, I mean, I think the temptation for a lot of people is even to not learn the greater lessons that God may have for them in favor of the easy lessons, right? Yeah. So it's like there, there is a temptation to just, oh, you know, that was this, you know, maybe that taught us a little bit how to save money or that taught us a little bit about being generous or, yeah. and just leave it there. And I think that mm-hmm. that would be another way you could go after the red stuff is just something that is a quick fix. And I think that truly God is doing something so much deeper across the board. Yeah. I, I said, do what? And it feels so weird to say this, but uh, I know you get what I'm saying. I, I said, it was probably a couple weeks ago, and I, I said, man, I want this to be over so bad, but I, I feel like it can't be over yet because there's still stuff that God's trying to teach us, yeah. you know, as a church and as a, as a, as people, as pastors, as yeah. ministers, as Christians, I think there's still more to be, to get out of this. Uh, and the obvious temptation is to just try to skim over it, be in denial or, or whatever. But at yeah, the same I, time, I would say probably the biggest problem is bargaining. Yeah. Right. We're trying to bargain. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, cool. I'll sit around for for two weeks, you know, that was the original thing. Right. We can sit around for two weeks, put a Band-Aid on the ministry, and try to get through. And it's like, nope, that's not working. It's not good enough. It's the red stuff, mm-hmm. you know, this bargaining. And I feel like God's like, don't settle. Yeah. Don't settle. Don't settle for, and don't, yeah, it's just don't settle for that life. Yeah. And, of course, I want that to shape my whole entire life. I want to look back on my life and like you know what i was able to die to the red stuff and um was able to really bring out my calling and my inheritance so when you're at, you know going through this process do you do you feel like god is pointing out red stuff uh i know you've, you've mentioned your personal life but even in ministry like things that are um i don't know i don't know if the word's unnecessary but things that are either unnecessary or inhibiting to what he wants to do in the church well i mean I would say a few things, maybe. I'm not too confident on it. I mean, this is kind of something I just started looking for. But just kind of off the top of my head, I would probably say, well, we've been able to live off of way less of our budget. Yeah, true. Um, Both personally, as a ministry, all this stuff, we've been able to really lock down what we spend on and what's really necessary to keep this ministry going. Of course, if you have live services, there's other expenses that you don't have when you're just doing online, but you're able to crack down on stuff like that. It will crack down on time. There's so much time that's wasted. Yeah. It's like in the last two months, what we've been able to do with the culture of our church has been something that we've been trying to do for years. Yeah, true. And that's, that's very exciting to be able to see like, like we'll forever be able to like, we'll be those guys, you know, in the 30 years down the road telling the next generation, we lived through the global <laughs> pandemic right. of 2020, right. Right. you know, and be able to be like, we were able to change things like this and, yep. and it's super quick and this and that. And, um, it'll give us faith going forward. Right. Or I was able to live off of, I think it's like 30% of what we were living, at least yeah. personally, mm-hmm. giving a ton of that away, not having any income on different other ways. And, and just, yeah, it's, ex- it's, I don't know. I think, I think it's a little too soon for me to really speak ministry-wise um, because it's kind of been a personal journey. But I'm definitely on the lookout for what, what is the red stuff? What is the right. stuff I'm, I'm psyching myself up like this is life? Right. And 
I just eat it and it's lentils. That, 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 that even applies to like news, right? Yeah. I remember getting so excited about just the minor things. It's like, oh, hope, you know? Right. And then at the end of the day, it's just lentils. Yeah. So I just spent, you know, two hours looking at news, looking for life. And at the end of it, it was just lentils. Yeah. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's, so a lot of it is like wasted time. It's wasted money. It's waste of, you know, of yourself. So. And, and I think that one of the things that's shiny, and I like what you said about, and I know you were kind of joking. We've, we were joking the other day about how when, if, if we ever have a motivation problem in like, you know, five years from now, we're still going to be yelling at people like, remember when we couldn't even have church, you know? And, and so, um, but I, I think one of the things shining right now, and when we talk about legacy or looking back in 20, 30 years about 2020, the generosity part is shining. I mean, our church even, we, we've gotten outside help and we've kind of jokingly called it the La Fuente our church here in Mexico is called La Fuente, or the La Fuente bailout, you know, and, yeah. and, and, but people that have, uh, we had a huge gift in particular that, you know, someone, I love the idea that, you know, people are recognizing that, Hey, maybe this is why I made money. Hey, maybe this is why, you mm-hmm. know, cause it, you can be generous instead of trying to hold on to the red stuff. Yeah. You know, there is a deeper calling. There is more life. There's true life in denying that initial pleasure and, focusing on the fact that, oh, hey, you know, this is my, the reason I'm here. So Esau couldn't recognize the reason he was on the earth at that moment. And it's like, we don't want to miss the reason why we are on this earth in this moment. There is a reason we're here. There's a reason that all these different, you know, pastors are in charge of their churches and that, um, uh, you know, they're, they're, God has placed them for such a time as this, you know, yeah. to lead. And, and, and the temptation is definitely to kind of just a quick fix and and god is calling us to truly seek out life and mm-hmm. to live that and do that yeah yeah 100 percent. so um yeah thanks man it's, it's encouraging i i think that um i've been so encouraged just at some of these different you know the way god is is speaking to us speaking to you leading our church and uh and again it's we all hope that this ends yesterday you know but it it yeah there is so much to be gleaned from this season. 100%. So uh, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing. And um, hope this blesses you guys. And uh, yeah, we're just going to believe that um, when the time is right, we'll all be back live again. And and truly believing that we will reap from this season. Uh, We've talked a lot about the verse, like what you sow in... I'm thinking of it in Spanish, so I might butcher it in English. But what you sow in, in times of sorrow, you reap. With joy. With joy, yeah. What you sow in tears. What you sow in tears, you'll reap in joy. Yeah. I think that's how it goes in English. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Lo que siembras en <laughs> lágrimas. En lágrimas yeah. cosecharás en gozo. Yeah, but anyway, that yeah that that is a great theme. It's been a great theme for us, and I, I hope it can be for, for everyone listening. I mean, what, what we're sowing right now, and there is life to be found, uh, and so we don't want to miss it. Yeah. So thanks, man. Uh, God bless all of you guys, and we will uh, talk to you soon. Thank you all so much for listening uh, to this episode. You can expect a new episode every couple of weeks. In the meantime, if you would like more information, check out h4mx.org.